In the first part of our chat with Verizon CTO Kyle Mullady, we talked about the state of the company's 5G deployment. Today, we discuss how you pitch 5G in the middle of a pandemic. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. For the last five months, the coronavirus has shut down the economy, has kept many of us stuck at home. And you know, adding the fact that millions of people are out of jobs, disposable income just isn't what it used to be. I'm curious from Verizon's perspective, you know, how do you sell 5G in this environment? This is a technology that that supposed that promises to give you a high speed connection on the go. Well, a lot of us aren't on the go anymore. So what where is the benefit of 5G? You know, it's an it's 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 an interesting um um question because you know, we planned, 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 and then all of a sudden nobody saw this thing coming and it's different. But so there's some downsides to it, but then there's some also some upsides to it as well. I We have not seen um, the demand for a fixed wireless access product like we are uh, right now. And, you know, we've, we've been limited in what we can do from a 4G perspective uh, with respect to fixed wireless access, just because like we were talking about before, kind of the bandwidth limitations. Um, you know, now as we put more bandwidth out there, we put millimeter wave out there, that'll open up some, uh, some potential for, uh, more fixed wireless access type, uh, products that we can offer to people, you know, and that's going to come in handy for, uh, for people, um, you know, especially in the COVID environment, if they're working from home, they can't go to get a good, uh, broadband connection. Um, you know, you can use wireless for, you know, underserved, underprivileged folks. We can use MiFi. And people can get on the on the, on websites or and do their schoolwork. So we think there's a good opportunity uh, there. Some of the sales folks told me if I if I had uh, blanket coverage of millimeter wave everywhere, they'd really be crushing it with uh, fixed wireless <laughs> access because you'd be able to get gigabits of service on a on a on a laptop wirelessly, which you can't typically do at home with a normal uh, internet connection. So so we see we see opportunity there. On the other side of it, you know, we've put in some, um, you know, in stadiums, we've put some 5G millimeter wave deployments around the country. Uh, we really showed it off at Super Bowl and the capabilities there. Uh, but largely, the those stadiums, they're empty right now. So, but we do believe that though people come back there and we're working, we're still working on the use cases and things that can really augment uh, people's experiences when they do return to stadiums. Well, so, I mean, that that's a good point. I mean, the, there are, you have... The pieces in place to make this work when society goes back to normal. Problem is, we don't really know when that'll actually happen, uh, and, and I'm curious to see what is what demand looks like right now for 5G devices. I know there's the element where some folks want to feature-proof themselves, want to be ready for 5G when it's you know broadly available and we can go out again. But um, there's also the other element that folks are you know watching what they're spending a lot more right now. There's a lot of uncertainty out there, and so. What are you seeing in terms of customer demand? You know, I think that's maybe a better question that Ronan, our, um, our, um, the CEO who runs our, our consumer division, can answer. But I, I know for sure he's, he sees good demand for 5G devices. Um, I believe there's a stat that we've, we've sold the, the most 5G devices. And I do think it's, it's people, you know, it's probably early adopters. People want to see the first, um, the first of its kind. And what the promise we have to those folks is we continue to grow the network. New capabilities will come on, and as they do, you'll be you'll start availing yourself of those new services. And we're working obviously closely with the application developer ecosystem so that they're developing things that will be able to uh, leverage the what we call the currencies, really the capabilities, if you will, 
of what 5G networks will bring. So we continue on. We don't believe COVID, this will last forever. Um, and, you know, but there's also other opportunities that we see that could, um, 5G could help uh, move things. For, for example, factories. Um, you know, if you get more automation in factories, you get a good millimeter wave 5G system in um, that is much more robust than, say, a current Wi-Fi system. You may be able to do things more efficiently in, uh, in a factory. So those are, those are things we're working with some of our customers on right now. That's a, that's a good segue because I know 5G isn't just about, you know, higher speeds in your phone. There's a lot more to 5G. Uh, I'm curious what you think the applications are for 5G that, that specifically would help alleviate some of the issues we're having right now, whether it's telemedicine, uh, whether it's remote work. What are some of the opportunities? I know you talked about home broadband as, as one option, but what are some of the other opportunities out there? Yeah, I mean, there's a, some of the opportunities. Well, it's funny. So we, you know, we both have a landline network and a wireless network, and mainly we're talking about wireless here. But on the landline side, and that, to some extent on the wireless side, we've been monitoring every day. I look at how, what normal was before, and then how our networks are being utilized and where geographically spread, and looking at applications and so so what's happening. Um, gaming is huge. Game the growth of gaming um, like skyrocketed. It's actually come down a little bit because I think people figure out how to work from home. Initially, there was probably a little bit of a honeymoon period there. People were probably playing more games. We've seen it come down, but it's still way high. Video applications. Now everybody, you know, if you go back before pandemic, sure, I knew how to use a WebEx and maybe one other. Now I know like five different video things. And video is going to be, I think, very important in the future of 5G because you're going to bring in things like AR and VR and computer vision technology and, you know, AI ML type scenarios. So you can use computer vision to do different things. All of these kind of things require really snappy, fast interfaces and really low latency um, scenarios, all of which what 5G ultra wide brand band can bring people. A specific example, when you talked about telehealth, I think that's, we think there's going to be, that's going to grow a lot. I think just by virtue of people don't want to go to a doctor, you know, people evolve and figure out ways to do things at home. We're working right now with a firm that is using 5G along with our mech uh, that we just announced with AWS. So they're able to really do edge computing and some uh, run machine learning models out at the edge to get real-time results in a, an, op an operating room. So with polyps and stuff, it makes it much easier for, for these folks to operate because right now what they do is they have large server farms running these models in their hospitals. That's costly. They break. Maintaining them is tough. If you could take all of that away, you can run these things in the cloud more effectively. That's good for everybody. Um, so it's good for the patient. It's good for the hospital. And, uh, you know, it moves things along. So it's, it's really things like that. Like you said, if we just make this a snappier phone, that's, that's really not what we're going for. Uh, we're going for what are new inputs, interfaces, new experiences, how do you make things more efficient? And it goes across the whole board of uh, the economy, we feel. So I'm really excited to see how this evolves and what, you know, people will use these currencies and these capabilities to come up with new and cool stuff. And I just can't wait to see what they do. Gotcha. Well, there's a bit of a segue that the, the Keep America Connected pledge, which was enacted during Early in the early days of the pandemic, was promised not to cut service off. That's expired, and and I know you deal more with the technical side of things, but 
since I have you, I have to ask, what is Verizon doing to help customers deal with, uh, har- I imagine, lots of hardship right now? Yeah, you know, I think um, we're doing a lot for a lot of people. But I, I would think the thing the thing that sticks out most for me that I'm pretty proud of us as an organization, we kind of identified right away the whole, you know, kids kids schooling at home was, was a bit of an issue. Um, so we stepped up right away and started donating services and devices, especially to schools and places that didn't have, you know, they just didn't have the resources to, to do it themselves. And I, the, the last I looked, I think we're, we're supporting over 100,000 students and faculty. And really, once again, it's, it's really using the 4G network, right? So we were able to figure out how do we, how can we manipulate the, the network a little bit to, to offer this. And, you know, I'm really proud of that because that means there's kids who are otherwise not be learning for an extended period of time. Uh, now they're, now they're able to learn and they're able to keep up with their studies. So, you know, it, it's things like that, that we've been doing at the fundamental grassroots effort that uh, is important. The other thing that's really, really important is adapting our network to the new kind of the, the, the way people are spread out. If you think about it, you know, around here in New York City, every morning, a whole bunch of people go into Manhattan, you know, and we, we set up the network to support that kind of uh, support that kind of usage. That's not happening anymore. So that usage that used to happen in Manhattan now happens out in Long Island. It happens in New Jersey, it happens in Connecticut. It's, it's, it's changed the dynamic of the network and uh, how things are used, especially with video chat, et cetera. And I give my team a ton of credit for adapting to that really, really quickly so service levels can be maintained and people can do, you know gaming can go up 300% and you don't you don't see a you don't see a degradation in your service that wraps up the second part of our three part interview with Verizon CTO Kyle Malady next week we'll have the final segment as part of our week long series on the digital divide for the daily charge i'm Roger Chang <laughs>